एवरीवन दिस इज राया पुरेरी एंड वेलकम टू माय पॉडकास्ट सीरीज वेर वी डेल्व इन टू द डायनामिक वर्ल्ड ऑफ फाइनेंस एंड लीडरशिप सो टुडे वर प्रिवलेज टू एक्सप्लोर द करियर जर्नी ऑफ मिस्टर भार्गव दास गुप्ता हु इज अ सीजन फाइनेंशियल इंडस्ट्री लीडर एंड द न्यूली अपॉइंटेड वाइस प्रेसिडेंट ऑफ द एशियन डेवलपमेंट बैंक आफ्टर हैविंग कम्प्लीटेड ओवर फोर्टीन ईयर्स विद आई सी आई सी अलहमबाद हाय मिस्टर दास गुप्ता हाउ आर यू डूइंग टुडे आई एम डूइंग वेल So I will just ask you a few questions about your experiences and I hope that's okay. Sure, absolutely. So you have recently moved from the insurance sector to a development bank. So what inspired to take on this exciting new challenge and how do you see your experience benefiting your role at the Asian Development Bank? So when I when I joined uh ICICI Limited back in 1992 hmm. it was then uh, itself a development bank. Focus focused uh, on uh, the Indian economy and Indian projects. Uh, so while uh, I spent the last uh, 14 years in the debt insurance, my uh, background is largely split equally between banking and insurance. And in the banking uh, tenor, a lot of time was spent on uh, project finance and banking. Hmm. So in a sense, it's going back to the roots. You can say. Uh, and uh, the I think the the uh, other aspect of uh, you know ADP is that uh, the the breadth and the scope of work that ADP does uh, in areas of uh, development, uh, you know, social upliftment, climate finance, uh, uh, you know, private sector development in uh, economies across Asia is extremely uh, you know wide ranging and uh, impactful. Uh, so it's an exciting opportunity that I'm looking to uh, you know uh, build on uh, what ATP has already done over these years and see what where one can do in terms of creating further impact. Actually, that sounds amazing. I completely agree that when you do work, like the book of Ikigai talks about, one aspect of your work should always be where you help people in a certain way, and I think you've connected that brilliantly with with the talent that you already have. So I think that's amazing. So the second question that I have is that after serving as an MD and a CEO of ICICI Lombard, are there any leadership lessons or principles that you carry with you to your new role, especially in this context of ADB trying to foster public and private partnerships? So the role that I have taken in ADB is largely uh, focused on private sector development. ADB, of course, is a very large sovereign lender, and they provide. Loans uh, to governments across uh, Asia, but uh, uh, an area of focus and a and a and a strategic shift for ADB is to build more private sector capacity and focus on private sector lending. Uh, so it actually is uh, perfectly uh, aligned with the experience that uh, you know, I had the luck of having in terms of working in a private sector organization. So that's one of the aspects that I think ADB was looking at. The second uh, area of uh, focus uh, from you know what you just asked is that you know in in uh, there is a big area of learning over years uh, mm. of leading organizations is that uh, you know finally the leadership learning that you have is that how do you work with your team, your people, and empower them to do a lot more uh, to achieve their true potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a large multinational organization, it's a, it's a uh, NDB, multinational development bank. 
I think there are extremely talented people uh, that you get to see. Hmm. And what you can do as a leader to uh, give them the uh, platform to uh, achieve their true potential uh, could be a very very interesting uh, journey. Hmm. Definitely, definitely, I completely agree that leadership is usually about listening to people's um, views and trying to help them reach their potential, and then only you can be a successful leader. I I completely agree with that. Yeah, I I always tell my teams that you know if every one of your team members is achieving their true potential, then imagine how successful you. Right? Yeah, I yeah a team only forms when everyone works to their fullest potential. Then there's only point of there being a team. Yeah, correct. Completely. Okay, so my third question is: since ADB assists its members and partners by providing all these loans, grants, and investments, how does this process work, and where does ADB obtain its funding from, and where do these funds go to exactly? So ADB uh, is a multilateral development bank which is promoted by uh, a large number of countries, both in Asia and outside. Uh, that's the source of the equity capital. Of course, they raise money. Even that they're a triple-rated uh, institution, they raise money from various sources in the market and, and otherwise. Hmm. Where it goes, uh, it typically goes for, as I said, a large part of the lending is for sovereigns. Yeah. Uh, but when they lend to sovereigns, uh, there is a developmental objective behind the, the lending that is provided uh, or the funds that are provided to the governments. Now. This could be in development of infrastructure. Uh, it could be development of clean energy. It could be uh, focus on social sector, which mm. could be education, health, mm. uh, capacity creation. Uh, it also gives grants to help people, uh, you know, in terms of build their skills in certain domains. Mm. In the in the in the future, ADP is actually making a big shift towards climate financing. Hmm. In multiple ways, in terms of green energy, in terms of energy, tra- you know, energy transition from uh, from coal to other forms of cleaner energy, uh, and as I said, the focus that uh, that uh, my team is looking at is how do you create private sector capacity, uh, both in terms of technical skills, knowledge, and also projects that can be banked by private uh, sector, because the belief that we have is the amount of Money that Asia needs for making this climate transition and for development is not something that one entity can provide. We have to work together with multiple providers of finance, you know, private sectors, maybe mm-hmm. uh, philanthropic capital, government, and NGOs like ADP. Uh, we all need to come together to uh, achieve the objective that Asia has. In all these areas of climate transition and development. This is uh, firstly the work that ADP does sounds very diverse and very like futuristic in terms of what you're doing, especially in terms of climate uh, resources. And um, another question I had was, what are the most significant challenges you feel that smaller customers and businesses face today? Because you talked about how you're providing all these grants for people to you know reach their potential. So how what are the challenges that these smaller customers and businesses face today to access finance, and how do you feel they can overcome them? Look, uh, the way uh, at least the uh, large entities like MPBs look at is to step in where there is not enough private sector funds available for certain uh, requirements. Hmm. Uh, 
Hmm. Uh, take climate change for example, right? Yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not something that private sector will bank for the entirety. In the sense that you know, uh, if you look at a commercial entity, you know, it has to project. There has to be a return. Hmm. Now, some of the some of the technologies that uh, need to be invested in in climate science, as of now, there are still uh, little unproven uh, and would need uh, some form of additional capital. Technology stands that empowers its people to do more. So there are 
many areas of massive change that we are seeing and uh, one learning over uh, you know, at least a, you know, 30 plus years of working is that uh, you can't predict all the change but you have to be very agile and stay very close to the ground mm. to see what changes have, what, what those changes are and adapt to it. Mm. So if you don't adapt to that change and uh, and change yourself as, as a business or as a nation or as an individual, you fall behind. Definitely. I completely agree that the world is changing. I mean, in my lifetime, I've seen it change so much. So in your work experience, you must have seen it change immensely. And um, since I know that you're fond of reading, so if you had to recommend any one book on leadership that you feel has had a profound impact on you, what would that book be? I can't think of one book in particular. Hmm. Um, but um, there's one book which I think for people who are interested in business and when yeah. I mean business people who build a like, you know get into uh, such a you know doing a course in finance or you know do a course uh, an MBA or things like that which you know, you know younger people are interested in want to get into business I think for that uh, target audience there's one book which I think is a must read. Uh, mm. It's a book by Clayton Christensen. It's called How How Shall I Measure My Life or How Do I Measure My Life. Uh, you know, uh, it's a Clayton uh, Christensen was a mm. highly respected management guru who used to teach in Harvard. And this was based on a class that the that he took at the end of his his course was on innovation and, and disruption. Uh, mm. That was his specialization. But he took a class on values and principles. Uh, if you can synthesize that book down to one or two words, and uh, I think that's a very very powerful book for uh, for a young professional coming out from a high a top top class business school. Mm-hmm. A nice, uh, uh, if I can call it a value set. I think that's an amazing point you brought up about like young people. So I had this one question. Actually, it was my own question that I had. But what kind of educational degrees do you feel are best suited towards the financial sector? And what qualities do you feel are most important for anyone trying to come into this sector? Uh, I don't have any prescription on that, uh, honestly. Yeah. In terms of, uh, in terms of uh, what courses you follow, uh, it re- is really driven by your interest in the subject now suppose and, and, mm. and if at your age at a young age you have decided you want to specialize in finance I think the courses are pretty clear I mean you know you yeah. uh, I, uh, you know personally I was an engineer who then went into finance actually yeah, a lot of people follow that path uh, they uh, go yeah, from engineering an engineering as an engineer but I think what it did was makes you uh, train for more analytical and structured thinking mm. but it's not just you know, one half of the brain, right? You need both right and the left brain. So, uh, I think a course which is a bit of analytical course, you know, capability building as also the liberal arts in today's world, uh, you know, I think it's a great competition if you can do that through a course which you can do maybe in US. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, if you don't, in India, you should build those, uh, should have your interest in the liberal side. I think it's a very, very powerful uh, uh, input to becoming a good good uh, leader going ahead. Definitely. And the last question I had was, it's a fun question, but if you could collaborate with any global leader, 
um, or personality on a project who would it be and what kind so of or a personality on a certain project who would the person be and what kind of a project would you try and envision i think uh, if it all uh, one thing that is that i'm most passionate about is uh, the work that india has done on the india stack on the digital stack hmm. uh, and i think there is a uh, great opportunity of taking that to uh, other parts of asia and the other parts of the world uh, and uh, there are of course mr nandanilakani was the leader who really championed that decision that so maybe that would be one uh, project that i would be very excited about if i could do so amazing i think i've had a wonderful conversation with you um i hope you did too and um, absolutely yeah. thank you for thank you so much okay. reaching out for this okay thank you